The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. What's up, everybody? It is another Wednesday night in the books, October 7th here on Wrestling Inc. And we got two shows to talk about as it was 30 years of Chris Jericho on NXT, or excuse me, on AEW Dynamite, and then opposing them was NXT. Uh, Of course, uh, a lot of things to talk about NXT in terms of audibles and injuries being called. We'll get to. I am Justin Lavar, being joined by the real Sam Adonis. Sam, how are you? I'm good, man. Thanks for having me back once again. I've uh, been gone for two weeks. I had a little vacation. And I had some trouble with the airlines, so uh, glad it's all behind me, and I'm glad to be here with you tonight. We need to get pyro. for That's what you got to do with returns, right? Pyro. We need all the ballyhoo to, to bring you back. I know. I, I tried <laughs> to get it all lined up when I fly into Pittsburgh, but usually TSA doesn't allow any <laughs> when I'm coming back through the gates, so. And uh, Mr. Matt Morgan will be joining us momentarily. He'll be on. So if you're looking, if you're tuning in just for Matt, just hang on a second. He'll, he'll be here. Uh, but, uh, but Sam's a draw. <laughs> I tuned in just for Matt, and he's still not here. So, <laughs> yeah, Matt will be on. I already know people are asking about Glenn. Look, Glenn's not really doing Wednesdays regularly anymore. Uh, he, he's he's doing your Mondays. He's doing your Fridays. Pretty much everything else. So we're giving giving him Wednesdays off uh, unless less needed to to be called upon. So no Glenn tonight, but he'll be back on Friday night. I've still yet to meet the infamous Glenn, so uh, I'd like to do a show with him sometime. He's Glenn's fun. He's uh he's the king of let's avoid talking about wrestling. We can always veer off into pop culture topics with everything. I'm good at that. Sometimes I'm just as excited about that kind of conversation. Absolutely. All right, so let's start with AEW. Uh Sam, you I, I you know Chris Jericho. Obviously, you were on his podcast not too long ago. If people weren't aware of that, uh please go check out Talk is Jericho. Sam was on uh about three, four weeks ago, right? Yeah, that came out, I think, at the beginning week of uh August. So um it's I, I th- think it was cool tonight that you know they were able to honor him for 30 years. Uh, the, the whole situation it's kind of becoming a trend. Uh, it's been going on in Mexico and Japan for the last 20 years or so, but they do have the big anniversary event. Just in the last two or three years, the United States is starting to pick up on it, but it's usually on an independent show or something like that. So it's cool to see it, you know, at the forefront of American pop culture. You know, Wednesday Night Live honoring a guy like that that's been in the pro wrestling business for 30 years. It was a good night for pro wrestling. Yeah, it was kind of cool. We'll talk about when they get to the main event of with Jericho in the ring. But it was neat. He's, you know, he's one of the company's biggest heels, but he's so respected. They kind of let him flip and be in the babyface corner tonight, uh, up against you know actual heels. Um, so that's, you know, it was kind of a cool way to I guess celebrate him. And uh, favorite Chris Jericho memory? Oof, probably whenever he showed up and surprised me at an independent wrestling show here in Pittsburgh. Um, we had become that. friends in Mexico. And he was in town for an autograph signing and we were just texting throughout the day. And then uh, he ended up showing up at the building I was at and uh, I was introduced to the ring and then my opponent came to the ring and then they played Jericho's music and he came down to introduce me to my friends and family. So I got the proverbial rub, if you will. And it was one of the coolest moments of my life. I remember that night. That was a that was an awesome moment for the company and for you to, to have that surprise for the fans who popped like crazy that that happened. And I'll never forget because there was a certain person I won't name him on here, but there was a certain person in the locker room, the fans are now who walked in and said, "Guys, 
there's a dude that looks just like Chris Jericho out there in the other part of the locker room. And one of us went, it's, it's actually Chris Jericho. There he is. He's coming in. He's coming. There's What's up, you guys? We were leaving. Sorry. You're good. We were just, uh, I just asked. Oh, I got to actually move. Hang on. Why? Uh-oh. There we go. So now we, the match is up on the names. There we go. I had to get you in the middle. We're in the correct tags. Because there's name tags on the screen, and you you were in Sam's uh, box, and yeah. okay. it's like Hollywood Squares. You'd be getting other followers when they see that name under my face. <laughs> so, Matt, I just asked Sam, uh, any favorite Chris Jericho memory in the last 30 years that comes to mind for you? What was it? We were at a bar in Japan. Um, I had wrestled. It was Mean Carlito versus Big Show, and get this, you guys, freaking Aki Bono. Oh, that has holy crap, these guys are enormous, right? But, anyways, um, feeling good about myself, great match, having a great time. This is my first trip to Japan. I made a lot of contacts, I ended up working out for me because I got released not too long after this tour, and I uh got uh assigned with New Japan after this, like probably like a month or two after this, actually. So, I preface this because it's my first tour in Japan, I don't know anything in Japan yet, and we go to a bar. Um, I think we're in downtown Rapunga or something. And uh, I, Chris Jericho wasn't on my roster. He, I was on SmackDown. He was on Raw. But this was a super show in Japan. And so Chris was on the card, too. And he just walks up to me. And he, like, slaps me. And I'm like, I'm going to eat your arm. You know what I mean? I was like, if that's supposed to hurt, it don't hurt, bro. You know, something like that. And, and, and he just starts laughing. And... Uh, I don't know what it, I still, you know, I'm friends with Chris and I've never asked him to this day. The only reason I just, I don't know why that popped in my head, but that, <laughs> that was one of my crazy memories of, 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 of him in his 30 years for me personally. Um, but as a fan, phew, where does it start? Obviously, definitely that debut where I thought he did an amazing job. I know he, he looks back at it. He's like, he kind of cringes a little bit. I watch his debut pretty frequently because it was a mega pop. That, my friends, was a Road Warrior pop. When he came out on Raw that night, that was awesome. It was huge. I was calling all my friends. Oh my God, he's there! You know, and it was that. That's probably my favorite memory. Yeah, his debut is. I'm the same way, man. I love to hear the, the, the if you find the good version of it, hear the crowd just go nuts when oh. his when when, when the when they, when the letters flip and it says Jericho on the screen. Oh, he was immediately a mega star that night, right? All right, well, we will talk more about Chris Jericho when we get to him. Of course, their whole night on Dynamite, they have a lot of different uh, cameos from people in, in wrestling and, and just in music and pop culture. Uh, just giving them shout-outs, so pretty cool for AEW to have some of that crossover uh, appeal. But we kick off Dynamite. Uh, we, we kick it off, and we have commentary there with Jim Ross, Tony Schiavone, Excalibur, and then uh, Jim Ross, he's trying to introduce Taz and uh, and Ricky Starks, and he calls them uh, Ricky Skaggs or something else, and things, things got off to a little bit of a funny start there. Uh, with getting Taz getting Taz going of a, of an improper introduction, but then Taz's guy Brian Cage, the FTW champion, comes to the ring. He's going to take on challenger Will Hobbs, who just signed AEW a few weeks ago. And uh, there's a two two big sums of bitches going at it with each other here, doing some things uh, that that big men don't normally do. Uh, but in the end of the, at the end of the match, ultimately though, uh, Brian Cage gets the win uh, after he lands his drill claw. So uh, Matt, as a big man yourself, uh, how do you take this first match? It was good. It was like you said. It was a you know an evolution forward style, right? Big man match, right? To today's current business model, if you will. Um, but I 
I don't like big man versus big man without any build. I just, I personally don't. I, I think you waste an opportunity down the road. You know what I mean? We'll always now remember this match. Will Hobbs could be a star, a bigger star. You know what I mean? We'll remember this match. You know what I mean? If they ever match up again down the road a year from now, when Will Hobbs gets a, hopefully a push and gets a real opportunity. You know what I mean? But I don't know. Good match. Great match, though. I like the match. Sam, how's this opening for you? I really enjoyed it. Um, I'm good friends with both of those guys. It's uh, always fun and exciting for me to see my friends in that position. Um, <clears throat> yeah, they worked their butts off. I thought it was cool, you know, that they, they did. Um, I'm partial, though. I don't necessarily consider these guys big guys. You know, maybe because, because they're not. I'm being, yeah, I'm being, I, yeah, I, charitable. You know, and, and I think, you know, I think to wrestlers, to most current wrestlers, they're bigger guys. Yes. An average person, they might be an average guy. I feel like if you go into a bar, Cage is a freak physically, but and Will's a big dude, you know, thick wise. But you know, big guys, in my opinion, from wrestling, <clears throat> six eight, six nine, six ten. Mm-hmm. Uh, that being said, it was still a killer match. These guys, you know, I don't see them as big guys. I see them as just two heavyweight wrestlers kicking ass, and I really liked it. Yeah, this uh, one of the things I want to point out that uh, I, I don't I didn't know I don't know much about Will Hobbs. Heard the name, seen a few clips, but this is uh, a lot of this is new to me. And Excalibur was putting over on commentary. It just it was just a a poor place when he did it because it kind of got lost a little bit in the shuffle. I thought where whatever the move they were doing, I think they were doing getting ready to do a big high spot. But Excalibur gave a quick little uh, summary of Will Hobbs, how he and his brother always dreamed of being a pro wrestler since they were a kid. His brother died, I guess, of a sh- in a shooting, uh, pr- protecting, I guess, Will is what I gathered. And so now Will has dedicated the rest of his <coughs> career and his success to his brother, which, I mean, that's a baby face story. Oh, my God. Yeah, you know, so, um, so call it that. So, that, yeah, I mean, it was an entertaining match. Again, I enjoy hearing the Will, the Will Hobbs story. Uh, the referee was a bit distracting for me as, 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 as excited as he was to do the 10 count for the double down. But that's just me being nitpicky. Um, after the match, though, uh, uh, Stark starts heading to the ring. It looks like Starks and Cage are going to uh, two on one Hobbs, and then out comes Darby. Darby's just Darby's appearance gets Cage and, and Hobbs, or excuse me, Cage and uh, Starks to leave the ring, which I didn't love that. But nonetheless, the heels got out, and Taz told him to save it for another time. So uh, continuing to build with Darby and his issues with uh, Taz's group. Uh, so we got some the first of some of the cameos. Um, yeah, for for Jericho, for people congratulating him for his 30 years in the business. Got some words from Lance Archer as he's, of course, building to uh, his match with John Moxley. Up next, then in, in ring action, we've got the champions and FTR up against the Hybrid 2. Uh, good tag team wrestling here. Uh, uh, Matt, I know you're an FTR fan. Definitely. Nobody could pick this apart. This is a very, very good match. Very, very creative. That's the best way to put it. And I knew as soon as they announced that match in the beginning, it was going to be that. Um, <laughs> you know, as far as as far as innovative offense, I will go as far to say that Angelico and Jack Evans might be the two most innovative guys in wrestling. They've been coming up with ridiculous things yep. every match for ten years, and they change it up every match. On the flip side of that, I think the revival may be two of the best. <laughs> architects in current wrestling as far as knowing how to place things and making sure it's not right uh this match had all the ingredients for being something awesome from the get-go and they delivered you know they 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 all did really great tonight Um, i really enjoy watching any of them in the ring um but you know as much as angelica is one of my best friends on the planet but i still think as far as being a genuine fan of wrestling there's not too many people i enjoy more than watching them for reliable 
or I, F, sorry. If you guys haven't seen it yet, you're friends with him, Sam. So obviously you have. But I was watching Dark a few weeks ago, and Helico had a match, singles match, and he came out of the tunnel to his music. He's got some cool music, and he was dancing. I know that sounds weird or what or lame or whatnot. It wasn't. He looked freaking cool. He looked like he knew what the hell he was doing. I don't know how to explain it. I encourage your fans to go back and watch a dark episode of Van Helico in a singles match. You'll see what I'm saying in his entrance. He was, I think that's him being a little bit more in his element because that's kind of how him and Jack would come out to the ring in Mexico. They would do oh, yeah? Dancing, yeah. And then, because Jack, cool as hell. Jack's background is a break dancer. Right, yeah. So incredible with, you know, with his agility and whatnot. But uh, I think it's just a matter of time. I don't know what the future holds for them. But in my opinion, I could see Angelico being a single star. Uh, he's just too, yes. too big, too uh, yes. charismatic. Um, good looking, can I move. Think, right. If an opportunity presented itself, I could see him kind of you know taking it to the next level by himself. I hope he gets that chance because they book them as a tag team. They, they don't win. And I don't get why. Because uh, the points you said earlier, you're 100% right with their innovation on offense. And I didn't know they were in Mexico coming out dancing like that. So yeah. I, I've, I've seen in Helico do it. I'm like, he just went up 10 points in the cool factor with me because I can't do any of that shit. Yes. <laughs> and I, I was like, he looks like he knows what he's doing. He looks cool. They need There's to book him differently. Many a nights in Mexico City that me and Angelico busted out some of those same dance moves. <laughs> so, he's a good guy. I hope the best for him. I'm going to guess tequila was involved. Uh, he likes whiskey. <laughs> I like tequila. I'm, I'm all about tequila. <laughs> I knew you did. That's why I figured it was there. Um, I, well, I'll get FTR did get the win. I'll get back to what happened after FTR's match, but I, I did gloss over something that is worth bringing up real quick. And the first of the cameos, it was a big deal to a lot of fans. And, and Sam, I'll let you kind of put this in perspective. Uh, among the cameos uh, to start, first congratulating Jericho, was Hiroshi Tanahashi and a lot of fans really you know noticed this and then and then actually in that Lance Archer promo he mentioned first wrestling Moxley in a in a in a Texas death match in uh, New Japan pro wrestling so there was a lot of New Japan references relatively speaking here on AEW but uh, Sam you've wrestled international all over the world uh, put in perspective to, to, to American fans who aren't familiar who Hiroshi Tanahashi is that would be the equivalent of, of you know, Japan's John Cena right now, probably for the better part of the last 20 years. The number one good guy, the face of the company for New Japan Pro Wrestling. So uh, he's respected by as being you know, a performer. But as far as a pop culture sense, he also is a very big star. So uh, I, I think a lot of these cameos kind of showed the value of Jericho as a pop culture influence, you know. Yes, there was there's Tanahashi and Ultimo Dragon, but you also have Paul Stanley from Kiss and and uh, and Lars Ulrich from Metallica. Mm -hmm. That goes to show you how important and how many lives this guy touched. And uh, I mean, it was really cool seeing this cameo throughout the night. So Tanahashi, because Justin doesn't pay attention to who Matt Morgan wrestles, obviously. Yeah. Um, I, I, I wrestled. <laughs> I wrestled him right when he got done being. Uh, he was getting a. He was getting that Randy or and John Cena push before they became heavyweight champions. It was both him and um, Nakamura. They both were about to, they were tag teaming. They, we, me and Mark Jindrak wrestled against them a thousand times. And they were about to take off big time. They weren't there yet. They were like the intercontinental champion yeah. level, I would say, still. But, dude, Tanahashi was like the Randy Orton in evolution, the good-looking guy that gets all the girls that the company is going to be building around very soon um, and be their top dog or their ace. Um, going on the streets with this guy is 
insane. He gets, at least back then, he was getting mobbed. And he wasn't heavyweight champion yet. This was the next big thing kind of a deal, right? He was the next in line after Chono and them. Chono was still there with the company at the time, with Tenzan. And he was, him and Nakamura were the next ones up. But I'm telling you, I've never seen something like that where I've seen like girls running to him, not after a wrestling show. I'm talking like went to the gym or something like that. Yeah. And I was walking out, they freaking fly that like 50, 1500 of them. It was crazy. Megastar. Yeah, so I want to make sure we've got that perspective because I, I did I skipped over that. And that was that was blowing social media up for fans uh, to see that. And so a lot of speculation. And New Japan I wanted to punch myself in the mouth when TNA when I was there brought Tanahashi there, and I'm like. I went to Russo's office. Like, do you know who this is? Like, did, what are you doing with him? Like, make him wrestle Kurt Angle. Make him wrestle. St- like, what are you doing? They had him wrestle. Like, okay, AJ it was a great match, but <coughs> you, I knew they didn't know who he was. You know what I mean, Sam? Yep. I was like, you idiots. <laughs> well, and this comes uh, again. It was a big story last week. A lot of people, a lot of speculation as New Japan got a shakeup in their um, in their management last week. So what uh, happened? We'll- uh, the I I don't know what his exact exact, exact title. Was. I think president, or but they ended up firing him, and 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 it, that's a, you know perceived to be a shakeup of uh of how New Japan might move forward and maybe what it might mean for the relationship here in America and and their. Sorry for so. I mean it's go off there. Sorry. No, no. Um, so after the match, FTR wins. Back to back to the program here. FTR does uh win, and then after the fact, we see the best friends in uh Trent. And uh, Chuck come out, and uh, Chuck, Chuck Taylor and Trent out there. They're wearing shirts uh, with uh, <laughs> calling calling FTR weenies, and they are the number one contenders. And they are going to challenge for FTR's tag titles next week on the one year anniversary show uh, of AEW Dynamite. So, which will be a point. good match, by the way. That will be a good match. I just not a fan of their characters. That's all. <laughs> maybe they'll, maybe they'll, maybe if they win the title, not they'll they'll ride off in, into mm-hmm. into the van. Justin. I know. Uh, we get an MJF video message to Chris Jericho talking about, uh, you know, really putting Jericho over. And, and, and you know, one of the first times we've ever seen MJF on camera not having any hint of sarcasm. He really was kind of given a little bit of a heartfelt uh, Chris Jericho love. We'll keep that in mind for later. Up next, it is uh, one of the two main event matches of the hybrid round. This is what's going to, of course, anchor the uh, first hour. And this is the dog collar match for the TNT Championship between champion Brody Lee and challenger Cody. Uh, and they have uh, Greg the Hammer Valentine in the crowd, cutting away to some reaction to him. Of course, him, uh, Greg, famous for dog collar match uh, back in the early 80s uh, with Piper. Roddy Pipe, with Piper, right? So that was kind of cool to you know see them you know try yeah. to acknowledge that and really, really, really build up the context of how violent and how great this match could be. Yep. Uh, so we got the championship entrances. We got the championship introductions, all that. Uh, this match... Um, bloody, uh, you know, innovative as, as a dog collar match is going to be in terms of how you use the chain, how you manipulate with your opponent, you know, and you're always within X amount of feet with them. One thing I will point out that I have to, I, I got to say, they had commercials in this match. I mean, this match was the length of, of it that it was, so they had to cut away to commercial, but when they did, they did the picture in picture, but I couldn't believe the one table spot they did, they did it during a commercial. And yes, you could still see it, but it, it's on the it's but, but I, I yes. when I saw when they went to commercial and I'm watching the guys, uh, they're getting closer to this table. They're on the apron. I was like, the referee or somebody has to tell them, hey, we're in break. Just 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 stall. Go back and forth, mess around, and 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 hold the bump until we're back. And they didn't. And I couldn't believe they did that. 
Um, okay, good for you, Justin. Yeah. Yes, yes, good for me. It was bothered. You're right. No, you're right. <laughs> but uh, uh, nonetheless, so back and forth, it's definitely worth watching. Um, and, and at the end of it, though, Cody does get the victory. He beats, uh, he hits crossroads. He beats Brody Lee one, two, three. So Brody with a uh, just a couple week reign here as uh, as TNT champion, and now it's back to Cody. So b- before we get to the aftermath of who Cody's next opponent is, which they did tell us, uh, Matt, your reaction to the match and your reaction to great him match, deciding. Great match. Listen, let me, let me get in here. A great match. Well executed. There's a couple things like the table spot that you, you took the words out of my mouth. But and I love Cody Rhodes. I love his energy. I love his new release on life with this company. He puts every ounce of his soul that all these matches he's in you can see it you sense it you feel it um and if there was a crowd there they would have popped big time but with that said i would not have taken the title of brody lee yet no what, what, what are we supposed to be thinking of the dark order are we supposed to be thinking of calling them dark order again or dark order like they just start becoming more serious we're starting to be starting to take them uh, uh more uh for real right they're getting character development some layers to their to their characters and storylines multiple ones all right, in that organization, in that group, and this is your leader, and I just he did, there's there's nothing going on with that title win for him. Nothing happened with him winning that title that made him better than what he was before. I know it doesn't always work that way, but at least give him some time with it. And I don't know, I didn't like him losing the title. Sam, your thoughts on the match? Uh, basically, just that uh, the match was absolutely killer. Those guys worked so hard. You know, they just put their heart and soul into everything. Uh, great outing I mean, the fans, you know, that they're probably gonna be talking about that match for a long time. I just didn't, I, I was more shocked than surprised because I, I, again, like Matt said, I just, I didn't, it may, it's not that it didn't make sense. I just didn't see it coming. I was convinced. Okay. Well, this is the rematch. This is going to lead to something, which leads to something. <laughs> yeah. It's just something. And he won clean. So, I mean, maybe that's what he's going for. Maybe that shock was the thing. Maybe Brody, maybe they'll switch the belts back and forth for the next six weeks. I don't know. But uh, that it just, you know, I was in disbelief because I didn't see it coming. But, I mean, I don't think it took anything away. I think it was still a killer match. It was. Yes, it was. It was a great match. Amazing match. And I think something else that adds to the the, 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 the surprise of Cody winning is it felt like, it felt like this big violent gimmick payoff match was fast tracked. You know, Cody, he wasn't gone for as long as I thought he would be. Comes back. They had to really yes. kind of move quickly to get to this. I don't know if it's because they had competition with the vice presidential debate tonight. I don't know if it's they, they felt they needed something more for the Jericho anniversary. I don't know. But that all the more kind of felt like eh, Brody losing. This just doesn't feel right. So, so but, 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 but regardless of vice presidential debate people are already either tuning into the show or they weren't and watching the vice presidential debate. Do you see what I'm saying? So the finish of the match at this point is, doesn't matter. The, yeah. the fans are either they're tuned in right now at this moment or they're not. Then, you know what I mean? Being able to read minds, watch the presidential debate, you go, wait a minute, Cody's going to win. Actually, I'm going there. Right now. No. <laughs> yeah, well, uh, nonetheless, that's what they decided to do uh, after the match. We get the kind of, uh, you know, I did it. I did it. Uh, Celebra- celebration promo from Cody. He's got his family all around him. And then uh, he says he wants to, you know, he wants to defend this title and he wants to defend it next week on the one year anniversary of Dynamite. And uh, Tony Schiavone, well, who's going to challenge you? And all of a sudden, out comes Orange Cassidy, who gives a thumbs up. Cody gives a thumbs up back to him. How do you guys feel about Orange Cassidy, who they've been building with giving wins, uh, challenging this title? He is going to win this title. I do. What so do you think of that? Sam Adonis. What do you think of that possibility I, of Orange Cassidy I, becoming champion? 
all I see it is them stacking a card next week. And, you know, that's a match. It's two of their marquee guys. I think that's what people want to see. I don't think it's something that's been done. So, you know, understood that they already have a big main event plan with Moxley and, uh, and Ambrose or Moxley and, uh, what's his name? Uh, shit. Lance Archer. I'm Justin. sorry. Yeah. That's there for as their main event. Now they have a very strong semi main and I'm sure, you know, in the week's time that show is going to get even you know more stacked. So, uh, yeah, you know, no matter Especially what, the tag team match too. Sorry, the tag right. team match is going to be good too. No matter what happens, you know, it's a stacked card, and uh, I'm sure it'll work out. You know, people love it. It'll it'll be a good match, and everything will go great. Well, Matt, let me ask you this then: If Orange Cassidy does end up beating Cody for the title, does that make you feel better about Brody losing? That Brody at least lost in a violent dog collar match to Cody versus yeah. losing to Orange Cassidy? It does because I don't think Cody needs it. I don't. I think, okay. but but to be fair. They were introducing a new title. You do want to put on somebody with street cred, right? That's very reputable. That That is a Cody Rhodes, and he did. I, I liked him with the title when he first got it. They uh, first another, put it on him. Another possibility is, you know, Cody could possibly have stepped up and wanted to be the transition. You know, I think he takes a yeah. lot of responsibility for this company and wants to be that guy that's, you know, yes. he knows he has enough star power and rub that he can give to people. So maybe, you know, maybe it is for Orange Cassidy. That could make a lot of sense. And then here's the next question. This is what I was asking before, though, Sam. What do you think of Orange Cassidy as the champion? Do you have a problem with him and his gimmick? Yeah, no, he's over. Shin, Shin over. over. Over's over, right? Over's over. Santino okay. was over. You know, yep. it's, it's its own yep. thing. I'm with it. Okay. I've, I've heard a lot of people go the other way sometimes. And I'm always interested with other wrestlers that grew up and were trained the way we were trained yeah. what do they think of it i'm like fuck it I, I don't know what to tell you i don't know why i think this is entertaining but it's entertaining it's hilarious i, I like it it is you know over is over. over is over no matter what language or country it's in you know that's when somebody can get behind something else you know somebody else that person you know yeah they're, they're an asset and they're a commodity i think if anything you know putting those two stars and then that big marquee match is, is going to help the the big picture yeah. Over like Rover. Well, and as you said, we have uh, next week we have uh, Archer. Yeah, and I actually wrestled Rover once in Mexico. He is pretty damn over. Who's Rover? Oh. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> well, next week we'll have uh, Moxley versus Archer, as Sam said. And uh, so whoever the champion is come full gear in November, they will be taking on, I believe, the winner of this eight-man tournament. Three more names were announced uh, tonight by commentary. Those three guys, uh, I, I can't remember the other ones that were already in, announced, but the three more that were announced tonight were... Um, uh, Wardlow, Cole Cabana, and Hangman Page. One of the ones who is already announced <clears throat> is Kenny Omega because we go to a backstage interview with him and Alex Marvez. Uh, you know, talking to Kenny about being this in this tournament, and I don't, I mean, I don't want to go down a rabbit hole of, like burying Kenny here, but this promo was just like very awkward. Like, I what kind of what's the tournament? It's an eight-man tournament, and the winner of it will be the number one contender. Uh, and, and I believe they will get their match at full gear for the world title against whoever the champion is. Oh, okay, so. But yeah, Omega cut this promo. I don't know if you guys really paid attention to it, but I, I was like, if this had to be a pre-tape, how do they not shoot it again? I just thought it was a little bit, you know, not good. He is, he's still not. He has not found his voice yet. He will. He just hasn't. Ha- it hasn't happened yet. I still have hope. He will. Um, I think. What, I because... think what a lot of people. A lot of people don't take into consideration that <laughs> there is cultural differences in wrestling, and just because it worked one place doesn't mean that the exact same things are working the other. I haven't yeah. seen the promo. I haven't seen any of his promos, but I know he's, you know, in ring. He's one of the best on the planet. 
But what got him over in Japan might not exactly appeal to an American audience. You know, it might not appeal to these fans or that fans. So, you know, it it might be taking a little bit more time. Um, I'm a bit out of the loop on that. You know, like you said, I don't don't know what, I didn't see the promo, so I didn't know what made it awkward or whatever. But, uh, you know, he's a pro. He's, he's, he knows how to do it. So just like Matt says, eventually he will find his footing. And, you know, you could be having, humming a different tune this time three weeks from now, you know? Yeah, it just came off as like early early wrestling promo class, and it was just just going in circles, rambling. I don't know. I don't know, man. I think sometimes the old stuff is now new and different, so maybe that's what he was going for. Maybe. All right, uh, we get uh, some women's action here. Big Swole up against uh, Serena Deeb. Of course, Serena Deeb uh, recently signed and uh, added to well, the AEW roster. I agree. Uh, this match a little bit longer uh, by comparison to the women's matches that they have had the last few weeks. And they've usually been putting them right at this p- pinpoint, usually right about 930, just before they go to the main event. Uh, but it went a little bit longer than normal uh, in the end. they both can go. They both can go. That's why. Yeah. And in the end, Big Swole uh, w- wins via pinfall. Uh, Matt? Big win for her. That's a big win for her. That's a big-ass win. You beat a Serena Deeb. Serena Deeb is so freaking respected, it's not even funny. She's so damn good. So, so, so good. This was a great match. And this, you know, I know she's done a lot of work with uh, uh, your girl out from Pittsburgh. Uh, what's her name? Um, Britt. Come on. Britt yeah, Baker. Dr. Britt Baker. They, she, uh, Big Swole's got a lot of good character work in those promos versus Britt Baker when Britt Baker was out. Um, but as far as in-ring goes, I'll argue tonight's match for her did a lot, a real lot for her character to be taken more seriously. And again, she took out a frigging stud in Serena. Serena, uh, that was a great match. Sam, oh yeah, hundred percent. Just enjoyed it. I like seeing this. You know, uh, when it's just you can see the experience of both these girls, and it was just athletic and everything. You know, and you could you could tell. I could tell. You know, you see a, a Serena Deeb. That there's just a confidence in there that you know she's going to make a, a big swole elevator game. And she's also going to be able to take charge and, you know, make a, a match just a little bit more crisp and perfect than it would be, you know, without someone like that. Um, I thought it was killer. And uh, Deeb is just one of my favorite women on earth to watch. And she wears wrestling boots and I love it. Yeah. Having she D- does. Yeah. Having Deeb with this company is definitely having her as a vet is definitely going to be good for some of these ladies who are going to help are, all of them. Yeah. I like I, it. Matt touched on it. I thought that, I think the stuff that Big Swole was doing with Britt while Britt was injured and unable to do physical, you know, do anything physically, yeah. it was entertaining. And I think Swole has an entertaining gimmick. The one thing I will say that I that, that I keep watching for Big Swole, and I, I watched it <coughs> when they still had fans like Arena Fools, and I watch it even now, and they have just the very sparse COVID fan COVID uh, attendance. <coughs> she, it's almost like she wants to be such a badass that at times, I mean, she is the babyface. She wants to be such a badass that at times she doesn't take a few extra beats and stay down a few extra beats longer to let the fans get the empathy on her. She's so she gets a little bit too quick to come back and, and be tough girl, if that makes sense. But um, it I don't know. Also it worked, but it, it worked for the road warriors. So it'll go one of two ways. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it'll either make her more over or they're not going to get behind her. Yeah. But, but also to be fair, she's in the, she, she, I mean, how many years she's been working? She's fairly, fairly new. She'll, she'll she'll get there. Oh yeah, I'm not. Yeah, and again, I again, I'm not. I'm, I, I again, I think she's entertained. She has so much to build off. That's just one thing but I've noticed. This, her as a the baby stuff face. you're talking about, it, it takes time. To sell as a baby face and to do it properly. Now, 
let's throw into the equation. P.S. You don't have fans in the arena to feed off of, to wait for, to, to get them to start coming for you. You don't have that shit. Like, I would argue that's even, that's so hard. Well, they had some tonight. I mean, I mean, they had some some tonight. Cody even acknowledged they had fans. And, you know, I mean, not enough. Not enough. Honestly, it's like a jacked up OVW wrestling practice class where Mickey James is sitting there going, go, Morgan, go. Why? Somebody's in a a chin lock, chin lock of doom. And I'm like, this sucks. Only Cornette's not complaining about everybody's promo. No, we're calling me. I I, I, nobody signed you to be a seven foot Rey Mysterio. God damn it. I did my very first shooting star press on a crash pad. A crash pad, I will say. Not on somebody, Sam. Didn't kill anybody. Just a crash pad. And dude well, walked in and saw that, and oh, my God. Yeah. Did fill in the blank. No, he, he likes me right now, So, uh, but but some of the matches I've had lately where I do all my fancy stuff, I'm sure he'd hate. <laughs> well, it should be noted, you can read more about this on Wrestling Inc., but uh, as we're talking about fans, uh, it did come out today that uh, Governor DeSantis – is allowing full full attendance uh, now yeah. for live events and for stadiums and yeah. sports. So we have some more exclusive news from the world of WWE in the backstage, but it does this certainly does lend itself that WrestleMania is going to try to get themselves back to Tampa where they were supposed to be this past yes. spring. And yes. whether or not 65,000 people will come, it at least is possible. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's at yeah. least possible to offer it for Mr. Uh, Vince McMahon for his... Uh, I told you guys that it would be in Florida this year because he's... Yep. Yeah, and then they probably just go to L.A. the, the, the following year if, if things are fine then. Uh, four ninety nine from Spanish God-ish uh, Super Chat. Do you think someone like Sean O'Hare would have fit in AEW and any Sean O'Hare stories? I guess, Matt. Yeah, so my God, dude. dude I, so so many times you hear people give these Sean O'Hare stories about Sean fighting like four guys at a bar at once and whatnot. And I'm, I was there when, these, when this happened, and I'm like, Dude, you weren't even there. You're you're biting a story of a story of a story you heard passed down, and you're pretending you were there. So, I mean, dead serious. Sean O'Hare threw frigging a super kick in a fight, <laughs> in a real fight. Awesome. And I was like, like this is my first introduction. I've been in OVW for maybe a month, and I'm not a drinker and things like that. So I was like, kind of nervous going out with everybody. I'm like, they call me a dork for not drinking, you know, things like that. So I'm worried about that. Next thing I know, his little brother Sean O'Hare as usual, was causing fights at the bar and then run behind Sean. And Sean just, dude, Sean sitting there, I, not joking. He does the old, now Rockies do the, yeah, like that crap. Sean O'Hare was doing this in a fight at, at uh, where were we in Louisville? <laughs> and I remember like telling Cornette like maybe a week later, I was like, if I could have put this on film, Jimmy, that would be your champion right now. He's, <laughs> Like, so we, they could never get Sean to do those types of things in a, in, in a real wrestling match for some reason. I don't know what it was with him, but, um, oh my God, he, dude, go, go out with him is a fun time. But what the real fun time is once like people would start with him. I don't know why they would start with him or his brother, but they would. And it would be like the Louisville police all knew him by name, not because he was a wrestler, <laughs> but because they knew he'd be getting in fights every weekend. And the things he would do, though, I'm telling you guys, I'm not exaggerating. A super kick to a guy's right here, his temple. Um, I just never seen anything like it. He, I like, and, I, oh. and, Sean, and, and Sean in real life, honestly, was humble. If you can get him one on one and not trying to put on a show in front of everybody, you know, in front of the wrestling class and things like that, Sean was a good dude. He was humble. And uh, it sucks that he's no longer here with us because he was super. the same things I was. And, uh, you know, in fact, I remember getting painkillers, you know, from the same people. 
you know, back when I was first bit by the addiction. But uh, he was a good dude. I miss him. Yeah. Super kick in a bar fight. He sounds like Patrick yeah. Swayze in Roadhouse or something. Six foot six jacked. Sounds like something in a Will Ferrell movie, actually. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, good story. That's that was a good super chat. So thank you there. Um, all right, back to dynamite. Uh, we get a uh, really actually this is a really well done package piece uh, with John Moxley. He's kind of like wandering in like a desert and he's sitting <laughs> in a bar with a shot shot in front of him, and he's you know doing a good promo, uh, hyping up uh, hyping up his battle with Lance Archer and closing line is uh, you know, everybody has to die and uh it would be pretty good i definitely recommend checking it out if you uh if you missed watching it live um all right so then we move into what ultimately oh well we get more cameos uh, lance storm kevin smith uh chavo Guerrero jr ultimo dragon very cool paul stanley steel panther so uh more more love coming out for the champion and then it is time for his match funnily enough uh 2000 Mm, what would have been 2018 or maybe it was 19 it was ultimo dragon's 30th year in wrestling and jericho actually did a cameo video for that that they played on the screen of arena mexico oh nice that was cool very nice fun fact sam i know again i I, again i know your international love i know you're probably watching something from mexico or japan on the tv there what are you watching we have El Hijo del Santo and El Hijo de Solitario against Dr. Wagner Jr. and El Hijo de Mascara Sagrada. So, yes, Lucha on my TV all the time. Give me an Ultimo Dragon memory. Oh, my gosh. He's like my absolute mentor and hero. Um, I, I didn't know it was that big of a deal because I'd wrestled him probably 15 times in Mexico City. And uh, we we got kind of in a rhythm of our of our uh, you know matches. I ripped his mask off all the time. I, I just would constantly tear his mask off, and he'd run to the back and get another one. And it was just kind of normal to me. Funny, first time my parents were in Mexico City, um, I said to my dad after the show, I said, "Hey, what do you think?" He goes, "Oh my God, Sam, you took off Ultimate Dragon's mask." I'm yeah, like, you took off Ultimate Dragon's mask. I'm like, yeah. yeah. That's pretty amazing. So, uh, yes, that is. That's a huge deal. Right after that, I introduced him to my dad, and uh, then we ended up going to his house for this massive barbecue the next day. And Ultimo Dragon is a very elegant human being. Uh, Matt, you probably remember him from NWE, right? Yeah. Always yep. is in Armani suits and has you know, yep. high-class people around him. This yep. My father attended had probably the most expensive liquor selection I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> Every top shelf bottle you can imagine, you know, bottles of wine that were 200 years old and these rare tequilas, just the top class human being. And I owe so much of my career to him. Hey, real quick, real quick. I know we're on a tangent here, but you can't just say you just ripped his mask off like it's no big deal. What? Wait, how did how did that work, though? Like you rip his mask off and what? He's like storm out of the ring, running away, covering his face and get another one. Yes, yes, that's usually how it would work. Most of the time in Mexico, uh, I'd rip it, and then I'd just keep you know, making sure I was going after it the whole time, whipping the people into a frenzy, and then yeah. take it off. And, and a lot of times someone would come and, and retrieve him with a towel and cover him up. <laughs> and then, you know, usually the, awesome. heels, the heels would just wreck, you know, wreck the house right there. Everything would be good, going chaotic, and here comes, you know, Ultimo Dragon, the superhero, in a new mask, you know, to vanquish the villains. And, uh, I mean, it's magic, man. It's been pretty cool. I'm the only wrestler. 
Right. That says a lot about you, about what they think of you out there, right. you do, having you do that. Sam, 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 your audio cut for a second. There, so you said you're saying you're the only wrestler. Say, say what you said again. There, the only, the only wrestler that ever took his mask off in Mexico and in Japan. So, uh, well, shit, cool. is that on your Wikipedia page? You know, I, if somebody, if, if somebody can edit my Wikipedia, that's this. Yes, right now go for it because that, that's an accolade I'm super proud of. And uh, no, he's he's literally one of the best people I've ever met in my life. While we're putting you over, Sam, put, to, to give perspective. We're to give not. Perspective. That's a big deal. You, I'm sorry. I, I'm no, I know. No, I, smoke. That's a big deal. No, I'm I'm being sarcastic, of course. Um, <laughs> <laughs> no, I, was, uh, Sam, for the for those the, the couple year run there where you were living in Mexico and you were you were working as high up on the card as you were. Again, just to give people perspective. How many other regular American wrestlers were there that are being booked regularly at the time when you when you're? Uh, when you're uh, I don't think any. I think uh, Mark Mark Jindrak. Jindrak. Jindrak's been a big star there for years. Huge. Um, there was a couple foreigners that weren't American that were there with us, but uh, CMLL is a hard shell to crack. Uh, they they do it their way. They're very strict and, and uh, precise in doing it the Mexican style, the traditional way. Um, I think it just it, it helped my cause that I was a big nerd for years and I studied so much of this Mexican wrestling that I took mm. to it quite well. But I got given a one once in a lifetime opportunity, and you know, there there might be ten Americans of all time that could say that they worked on top of CMLL. So I'm pretty wow. proud of that. Jericho so being one of them. That's the one place like I've wrestled with WWE, but not real, you know, lucha libre wrestling, and being one of being part of one of those two companies out there. Never, not even and, one show. And so that's awesome. It's a complete different world. The nice thing is I was able to learn uh, learn Spanish quite easily. I was going to ask you that. You spoke fluent Spanish? It was weird because I actually, I was obsessed with Tinder. And I was getting all these. <laughs> That's Tinder. right. I remember this. Yeah. Yeah. Getting all these Tinder. I had to sink or swim. So I taught myself, a, you know, conversational Spanish in about two and a half, three months. And that's when the, the pieces fell into place for me to be pushed as a top guy. Yeah, I think I, I think I, I think I said the story on here before, Sam. I, one of the first times I, one of the first times you and I were in a locker room together after you just came back from Mexico, and you were speak to texting in a locker room, and like how quick your your Spanish is better than your English. And I was like looking at you, like how did you pick that up so well? Oh, it was great. <laughs> Those beautiful stories that you know professional wrestling gives us sometimes things that we didn't know we wanted or needed. Very good. All right, so uh, here we go. Chris Jericho and Jake Hager um, going up against the Chaos Project, which is a Serp- Serp- Serpentico. Did I say that right. Serpentico. Serpentico. Sorry about that. And uh, Luther and Lu- and they made a point to say this on commentary. Obviously, you know Luther was first brought into AEW as a talent. He was with that Nightmare Collective, collective which did not go very far. They ended up scrapping it. Um, and then since he's, you know, he's appeared on dark, but it really hasn't been much more, but they kind of highlighted Luther's been in the business for a lot of years. He and Jericho very early on in their careers, uh, uh, up and down the road together again, Sam, I'll turn to you with your international flavor. Any stories or, or context to Luther of, of, of why he's in this spot? Obviously Jericho requested it, but any context to Luther here? Um, he, I, I don't think there's any context worth mentioning, you know, as far as the storyline goes, um, I, I think, you know, this is one of those things that's a bit bigger than, than the, the story, bigger than the company. You know, it's very rare you have somebody that's going to make the impact that Jericho did. And, you know, it's just something special for him. Dr. Luther has been around for years. And it's funny because when AEW first came out, 
that was one little shocking surprise that I kind of was taken back by because, you know, I grew up watching this guy on tapes. Um, he's one of his, you know, original friends in the wrestling business. He has the experience to back it up. You know, clearly this is something that meant a lot to Jericho. And I just think, you know, I think it's awesome because, you know, we all have our friends that, you know, you like to share these special events with. And I think it's awesome. The two guys that have put so much into the business, were able to get this little piece of pie back, you know, and just be able to kick it and do what they love on a 30 year anniversary of somebody's career. For sure. For sure. And I believe Jericho even said on his podcast at one point in the last year that um, Luther's actually, I think an employee's part, he works with AEW in other capacity. So he's not just a talent. He's got like a, an employee office status. So that is pretty cool to hear uh, for a guy like Jericho to give back to somebody who uh, gave to him early on. Um, so this was uh, back and forth, uh, truly back and forth. Even at one point, Jim Ross noted on commentary that Jericho was getting his ass kicked. <laughs> so uh, Jericho sold a little bit here. Uh, maybe even bloodied up his nose. It looked like, um, I think Jericho has sold 90% of the time I've seen him on AEW TV. Uh, I think it's great. I think a lot of fans don't understand, you know, from our capacity, Jericho gives that place so much credibility and anybody that's able to, you know, beat him up for five minutes is now more of a star than they were before. Yeah. You know, wrapping yep. a proverbial rub, you know, Jericho is giving it to as many people as he can because he loves the business and he believes in the product, you know, and there's nothing but respect on, you know, pretty much all of us wrestlers side of things. I'm always I'm always amazed at Jericho. Thirty years, uh, and he's and he wrestles so much, and how healthy he stayed. He's never sustained any major setback. So I mean, a testament to how safe he works, but still safe, but compelling. His matches are still fun. Um, work smart. From my personal perspective, I've been wrestling for twelve years, and I've been lucky to learn from some of the best at a high level. Uh, I'm still curious to see what the long term is for a lot of the modern style. Um, I think it's just, it's so high impact and brutal, you know, especially yeah, now yeah. that there are full in, or that there's full-time companies that are asking that much of you, you know, on a regular basis. Uh, I, I know a couple of my friends that are signed with other companies that are, you know, 31, 32, 33 years old that, you know, barely can walk around a room because they're going so hard in a wrestling match. So, uh, I, I really hope people could, could, uh, you know, ensure their safety. But uh, sometimes I think us as fans, you know, we might not need to ask so much of these guys every week. You know, the, the, these guys are talented and, and have characters and it can be compelling when they're talking. They don't need to kill each other every week. No, very good point. It'll be interesting to see where some of those stars of that of that style are at well, look, just five years from now. We look at oh, Dynamite Kid. Dynamite Kid's the uh, shining example of, you know, destroying his body. Mm-hmm. Even, you know, 30 years ago in his prime, you know, he's he was doing some of the stuff that is now commonplace today. So so a better one would be Daniel. It would be Daniel Bryan. Um, he he, he uh, died every single match. Um, all that stuff caught up. He was a smart worker, too, by the way. A great mat technician. Um, chain wrestled the beginning of most of his matches and would build and crescendo up to all the stuff that he eventually started doing. Um, but even him, you know what I mean? It, it does catch up. And these guys are, I don't, I'm not going to say diminutive and insult them, but they're also smaller with smaller frames. That hurts more um, without as much muscle. Now, I don't say you need to be muscle-bound. I just mean in general. There are smaller frames that they're doing all this on as well. I don't know. Uh, we'll see. We'll, we'll see, but uh, that's a good point. It really I- is how much longer they can do that for 
I think it's amazing. I think it's amazing that Jeff Hardy is like 40 and he's been wrestling since he was like 17 and that he still will. Yeah. There will be those, you know, anomalies like that, that are able to, you know, do that. But I think that's a good point though. Generationally, how long will this be this way? Yeah. Uh, So ultimately uh, Jericho hits the Judas effect on Luther. uh, One, two, three pin. You're after the match uh, shenanigans. Uh, everybody's inner, inner circles in the ring. They're, they're celebrating with Jericho. Here comes MJF who interrupts MJF's coming out. He Wardlow's uh, behind him. Wardlow is escorting out somebody who's under a pink sheet. Ultimately, uh, after they count it down, they re- remove the sheet and we have a clown. Uh, what was his name? Uh, a clownico, the clown. Uh, and, uh, the clown is holding another, another present in hand. Jericho unwraps it. And it is a framed picture of MJF. Jericho then goes to take the picture and smashes it over Clonico's head. I don't know if Clonico is supposed to bump and sell or if this was planned, but Clonico just kind of stands there. He doesn't even really do the dazed look, and then Jericho gives him a brutal Judas Effect elbow, and Clonico then bumped for that. Um, and, and Jericho hates clowns, hates surprises, don't interrupt me. Uh, and then MJ, he and MJF laugh it off, and then uh, we go to everybody, all the heels coming out, celebrating the credits roll, and wouldn't you know, Chris Jericho was the executive producer, the director, the caterer, the cameraman. Every position in the credits was listed as Chris Jericho, so fun little kind of SNL way to go off the air here. Yeah, I mean, what do you, what do you say, though? Because this was, I don't want to crap on it and say this was a predictable match. Come on, everyone you know, knew what was going to happen in the match, so for that purpose... You know you're not watching this match with your suspension of disbelief, wondering can this other team beat them, right? It's just you being in on Chris Jericho's 30th year anniversary. You know what I mean? Yeah, no, this was fun. Uh, Sam, what did you think of it? Uh, yeah, it was cool. It was nice to see you know Luther and Serpentico be able to you know be featured in that spot. Who knows when they'll be in another main event ever? You know, never. It's cool. It's cool that Jericho is able to kick it with his buddy. Uh, Serpentico works hard. He was in there. Uh, and, and then the stuff with the clown, the silliness, you know, that's just the exclamation point at the end. You know, they do a great job at, you know, keeping their entire TV show interesting from beginning to end. You know, and I think everybody that watched that tonight was you know, more than pleased with what they got. Yeah, I mean, the only, I mean, I guess the only critique to the whole night is that, you know, they were able to get a lot of cameos, which are great for Jericho uh, for the celebration. But obviously so much video of his career ecw wcw and wwe obviously owned by wwe which they're not going to let aew use so they they couldn't do flashbacks just also so many memorable jericho moments i guess is the good news about chris jericho being as crazy over as he is we every single one of us watching it have it right here all yeah. of them true we do yeah very true we don't you know uh five dollar super chat from intense donator what a time to be alive there's jericho celebration today no <laughs> No goddamn boring Raj. Sam returns. Good show today. I always learn cool stories from Sam. <laughs> Why, thank you, Intense Donator. Donator. <laughs> well, Inten- Intense Donator, that five bucks is going right to Raj's wallet. So yeah, it's going right so to you, my head. <laughs> yeah, you got Raj there. Give him five bucks. You got him. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So that was AEW Dynamite. So again, they're setting up for the big one year anniversary show uh, next Wednesday. Um, so overall, you know, a pretty, a pretty decent show uh, to say. The show always moves very well. I do. I like yeah. the pacing of the show. This was a good show overall. Absolutely. All right. So we'll jump over here to NXT. NXT, of course, coming now from the Capitol Wrestling Center. This, of course, if you missed it, uh, 
the NXT TakeOver 31 on Sunday started. They're back. This is in the Performance Center. It's in a, a new renovated space of the Performance Center, uh, kind of a hybrid between what we've seen at Full Sail with that TV studio look and what we've seen in the Thunderdome with the the fans on, on the... Yeah, so uh, something new here. So we'll, we'll see how it we'll see how it translates over the long period. But um, we jump right into it. Of course, Fallout from uh, thirty one. We jump right into. We get a Tomasa Ciampa versus Kushida match here. This uh, Kushida, you know, Dude. he turned up a new turned up a new gear at Takeover against Dream. Had a new gear here with Ciampa. Back and forth. The finish ends up being uh, we get all this great action, and then Velveteen Dream comes out, casts on his hand because he has a wrist injury, jumps off the top rope, accidentally hits Champa, and that calls for DQ. Uh, so this match was frigging awesome. I want to go back and watch it though because I was being pulled to AEW a little bit hard here. Um, I want to go back and watch it again because what I could see it looked it looked phenomenal. Um, Champa is one of my favorite characters in that show. By far, mm-hmm. and um, from what I could see, it was a good match. Like the uh, um, splicing of uh, a Velveteen Dream in there. Um, see what where this goes now. But again, I got to go back and watch it again. Sam, I think this was a, a startling example that uh, WWE had a little bit of an advantage just being around first, because these two in the opening match were just two of the guys that you know. If they aren't in NXT, they're going to be in AEW. These guys are that style, that brand. Um, everything they do looks amazing. They're crisp. It's just, it was good wrestling. Uh, it, it was uh, it was definitely two of the best on earth at what they do. And uh, it's like a way to set the tone for that show. Yeah, these last two matches tonight and then Sunday for Kushida definitely have been uh, elevating him- them. Yeah, exactly. Put him put him on notice to me of like, okay, this guy's kicked into a new gear, so good for him. Uh, after that, after the break, we get Ember Moon in the ring for a promo. Ember Moon, of course, was the reveal of uh, the mystery vignettes that we had for a few weeks. So she's back. She's been out for 14 months, as she noted. Um, uh, back in NXT, and this is great because we we thought maybe her career was over with with her or her injury, but she's back. Cuts that promo, says that she's back, and then all of a sudden she gets interrupted. But Io Shirai, they stared, stare down each other, and then before they can do much more, uh, here comes Rhea Ripley, and then Rhea Ripley gets attacked uh, behind from Raquel Gonzalez and Dakota Kai. William Regal comes out and sets up that we're going to have a tag match. That's going to be our main event tonight, so we'll get this back to that. Very well set up. Very well set up stuff. Second. I agree. I think definitely, like, that. I don't know, maybe I'm just partial to it, but, like, anymore, I'm so much more excited about the women's action than the men's matches. Uh, I think they're a little bit more diverse, a little bit more different all yeah. around. So uh, they are. It was really good because because they are. It's no, you're right, hundred percent right. Yeah, NXT's women's division and booking is better than Raw, SmackDown, or AEW. Uh, Impact actually, I think, can rival NXT with women. But but yeah, the women is such a strength for NXT. Right. Yeah. Um, all right, this was fun. <laughs> Drake Maverick <laughs> comes out. And it's uh, we see Drake. They show him early in the day. He's showing up, and and Drake Maverick and and Killing Dane are going to be a tag team. Drake wants Dane's phone number, but Dane says there's a reason he's not getting it. Um, this, this fun stuff here, and um, yeah, yeah. So they show that we get a promo from the Undisputed Era. Adam Cole not happy with Rich Holland. We'll get back to that because Rich Holland, of course, beat him up mm-hmm. at the end of Sunday. We get to Ever Rise. I don't know much about Ever Rise. Uh, I, I can't even remember the names of the guys in Ever Rise. So if the chat room wants to jump in, go ahead. But Ever Rise comes out. They're going to be the opponents to Drake Maverick and Killian Dane, who comes out and they have this goofy music that Drake is dancing and snapping his fingers to, and then Killian 
kills that music once his normal music. And it's just the classic. This had a very uh, Kane Daniel Bryan early feel. Just the, the odd, oddball misfits, but ultimately yes. Dane and Maverick get the win here. And then as they try to celebrate, Dane knocks Maverick out after the match. I was so entertained by this, but I'm I'm always That's entertained by word. Maverick. Same with me. He's yeah. one of the most entertaining human beings I've ever been around in my life. And this is talking back before he got an opportunity to get signed with any major companies. He was in England making his own footage and putting it on YouTube at the time with Party Marty Skrull at the time. And he, he was cutting these world beater promos. Try to give it to Terry Taylor. He completely no-sold it. He's too small. Double blah, blah, blah. Believe it or not, when Bischoff came into TNA, um, I know he's a lot of yeah, he's a flack for that and what, he, what happened to the company afterwards. But he did bring him in, did give him a legit opportunity. And anybody that sees this kid work is amazingly always entertained by him because he's, he's entertaining is the right word. I was very entertained by this. Sam? Yep. I said it before. I'll say it again. I think that uh, I think if, if anybody has that same secret ingredient that made Rey Mysterio a star, it's Drake Maverick. Uh, he's a smaller guy, but he's, he makes up for it so well. He's phenomenal with everything he does. And uh, I, I think, in my personal opinion, he should be a much bigger star than he is. Definitely. Yeah, I, yeah, Definitely. I, I agree. Drake is uh, – I've gotten to spend time with a million people in the entertainment business, wrestling and otherwise, and Drake Maverick is right up there with just one of them. I mean, he, he, could, he could just read the emails that are in his phone, and he would just make it entertaining because of his – it's just the way he is. This is in England, I, I, in, 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 in England, he used to have this entrance that he'd come out to Guns N' Roses. And, and Sam, he'd do the whole spot where he'd like trip through the rope to get into the ring stuff. And, yeah. But it, it, it worked in a different way that I know I could make it work, or a lot of today's wrestlers would not make it work. Um, and these people would just start dying laughing at him. He's just so damn good, man. He's so good. He actually had a years-long feud with my brother in England back in I think two thousand four, two thousand five for one PW. So I've known for known about him yeah, for years. Yep. He's definitely you know proof in itself that he's one of the guys that is you know if you're willing to put the hard work in, you'll get out of it. No, no matter how long it takes. I don't know what the currency is, but it's a hundred whatever. Jamin John, uh, hey Matt, how's working with Christopher Daniels and TNA? Loved it. Loved it, loved it, loved it. He's he's a ring general. He really legit is. Um, if you guys see his gear, you always see him with the patches and the medals on his his uh, outfit before he comes into the ring. It's because you know because he referring himself as a ring general. He really is though. He's a great quarterback. He did. He was the one that would call my matches at the time. Um, and thank God he did. I had a pay per view match versus him, and uh, he made me look like a friggin' monster. I just shut up and let him leave me. So there you go. Uh, one more super chat before we keep going here. Uh, Five dollars from uh, Kelvin Alexander. I uh, like Everize. Both guys cut entertaining promos. Yeah, Sam, you and I were. Uh, yeah. Or yeah, Everize here. Yeah, the, I saw a little bit of a clip on them. I think it was on Botchmania or something uh, recently, but I, I don't know anything about them. I don't know where they came from, but I like them because I can see the way they move and uh, the promo. The promo is what got me. Very good. So what? what We'll have to do some homework on Everrise with Kelvin R. Alexander. Thank you for the money. Thanks for the uh, for the thought there. Um, yeah. So yeah. So, so some fun shenanigans after the fact there with Drake and and uh, Killing has said. Uh, we get a video package for Tony Storm. So she's back to the NXT brand from NXT UK. Such a star. Such a yes. star. Wait to happen. 
I agree. I agree. And, uh, and NXT does a really good job. Well, WWE as a whole does great jobs of packaging and, and producing these profile pieces. Uh, we also get a video earlier in the day from Gargano and Candice LeRae. Uh, next match, we get Austin Theory versus Leon Ruff. Austin Theory, uh, pretty much a uh, squash match here, but then that leads to Austin Theory running his mouth on the mic. Here comes Dexter Loomis, his return to the... Uh, we saw him backstage briefly last week, but this is the first time he's been back you know, yeah. in the arena, in the ring for like two months, and we get a Dexter Loomis-Austin Theory match. Dexter Loomis continues to... He just grows on me every week. Uh, he gets the win. He's just the, the, the cerebral stalking that he does. He gets the win with his uh, silencer submission. Uh, Matt... This this was good. I, I like it. I like his character. It's very definitive. It's different. Um, I, I dug it. I did. I liked it a lot. This was good. Sam, what do you think of Dexter Loomis's look? Uh, he looks fantastic. Um, anybody He's so off. creepy looking. So yeah, creepy. Pull off a mustache <laughs> like that's you know okay. <laughs> um, honestly, I didn't watch this match. I, I think I was more focused on the other program for what I've seen. Yep. But I know I, I've honestly never seen him wrestle a match. That's that Sam Shaw from DNA. Um, yeah. I don't know enough about him. He looks cool, and that's literally all I have, and I apologize to anybody that needed more than that. That's <laughs> all good. Uh, after the match, Cameron Grimes comes out of nowhere and attacks. He puts Loomis, uh, he knocks Loomis down and uh, taunts Loomis to his face. Uh, of course, this, this is a, a carrying over from the run in a takeover. Uh, that's, that's when we saw Dexter Loomis. Uh, so Grimes all smiles and his, uh, and his personality. We actually see Grimes later get called up by the interviewer backstage and dismisses Loomis and Grimes excuses himself because he's off to the moon. So this Cameron Grimes character really just kind of very aloof and out there. Yeah. Uh, so we'll see. Uh, we also get a note about how Kyle O'Reilly and, and uh, Finn Balor, what, what a battle they had last Sunday. Um, the doctors can't believe what they went through. Ballard, Finn Balor's jaw legitimately is broken in two places. He's going to be out of action for a while. That's all we've got from him. They, they obviously creative is still figuring out what to do. And all I can think here is, man, Finn Balor in whatever year that was, 2015, 2016, wins the universal title, an inaugural universal title, gets injured, yep. has to vacate it the next day. Now yes. he wins his NXT world title again. Just yep. Bad luck. Bad luck. It sucks. Yeah. So we'll uh, we'll have to wait and see if they have to pull the title off of him or what they do. Again, this, this is, of course, Balor's champion, of course, because Karrion Cross had to vacate as soon as he just won it a few I few do think, though, Sam, Sam what do you think? Yeah, Sam, what do you think? A broken jaw. Can you work what? around that? Is that? Can you work around the broken jaw, you think? Uh, I, I think I have the unpopular opinion on a lot of things when it comes to injuries. Uh, I've, but I mean, this one specifically, it's up here, though. You know what I mean? If you bump, does that mess your jaw up? I don't know. I'm sure a doctor would tell you not to do it, but I've seen guys do ridiculous things all the well, time. Yeah. Probably yeah, yeah. Where you're at. Um, again, if I was in the financial position he was in, maybe I'd be able to take a week off and get paid the same, you know, but, but uh, I think a lot of people, if it happened to somebody else, I think they'd probably push through it. Not saying it's, it's, you know, not, not him being a tough guy, but he's already famous. He's already in the position where he, you know, his health is the priority where some of the young guys might need to, you know, push a little bit harder just to be noticed. Yeah, gotcha. Well, that, that's a good point, Sam. He spent a couple years earning Raw and SmackDown money. Right. So, yeah. Um, but, I mean, I'm sure he's probably the kind of guy that, you know, would push through it if he could. But, you know, he's such an asset to that company that they're going to, you know, make sure he's taken care of at any cost. Do either of you have experienced the broken jaw? What's the timetable like that for? It says it's broken in two places. Never had one. Don't know that. Nope. 
Um, all right. Actually, I actually have a super chat here again. Hundred uh, again. Not sure from the same one. Jamin John. Uh, hey Matt, do you still are you still in touch with Doug Williams? Never heard from him since his TNA days. Is he retired? Me either. I mean, we follow each other on social media. You know, I, I don't talk to him though. Um, love Doug Williams. I don't know anybody that's worked with him that doesn't. Um, I wrestled him. Uh, I wrestled him about two years ago after his TNA run. Uh, yeah. He came back to some a few shows in England. I wrestled him a bunch of times, but. Right, I think he had gone on a retirement tour since then. Yeah, and I'm pretty sure as of right now, he's not doing anything. He's so goddamn good in the ring, though. So good, gosh darn, was he? Yeah, so good. All right, so we go. All right, uh, we then get a match here with Rich Holland. They're putting Rich Holland over. Obviously, big. Or the plan was we're going to get to something that actually, again, it's talking about injuries. This is scary. Um, Rich Holland's up against Danny Birch. And Holland gets the win, uh, you know, the, you know, trying to make him look, you know, very vicious, very physical guy. Gets the win. After the match, uh, we get uh, Holland continues to beat down Birch. Only Lorcan runs out, tries to make the save. Referees come out, so we get the big shenanigans. Well, and we have the actual story. We have photos and videos on Wrestling Inc. Um, Bur- or, or Holland is on the outside of the ring, I believe. L- Lorcan jumps. And basically, Holland catches him, and, and you can look. It looks like something with his knee, leg, or ankle somewhere in there. Rich Holland, his it just buckles, and he he falls to the ground, um, trying to catch him on this dive. Holland's on the outside, tries to catch him on the dive, just buckles. Ref throws up the X symbol. They end up stretching him out. So no official word yet of what's happened here. But Rich Holland, a guy who looked, they look like they're getting ready to strap some rocket to, looks like he's legitimately injured. Yep, you're right. It seems uh, it seems like WWE, and not just WWE. It seems like uh, that seems to be a pattern these days. Just when it's your turn, you get hurt. Yep, happens yeah. all over the place. Well, and again, Sam goes back to what you say. Uh, what you said about guys and the generation of how they work, or the Matt, what you said earlier when we talked about Jericho, which is you know work smart. Yeah, yep. that could be it. That could be the you know reflection of the words. And, and then sometimes it and sometimes it is bad luck because I know fans right now are saying, "What? Well, they couldn't control him being." Of Finn Bauer being, you know, kneed in the chin, you know, with a running knee in the corner, that was what broke it, right? Um, God, that sounds brutal. It, it looked it. But I'll make the argument the move itself was because of today's newer style of wrestling that I don't recall anybody ever calling versus me in a match. Me sitting in the corner and a guy running across at full speed and jumping in the air, kneeing me in the chin? No, no. Yeah. Uh, so we got some more uh, Timothy Thatcher, Thatcher's Thatch can training uh, against the trainees. Uh, Shotzi Blackheart up against Zia Lee here. Uh, again, just a reminder, Shotzi Blackheart, she's going to be the host of the Halloween Havoc special yeah, at the end so of the this month. this was good. So this is yeah. why this was good. Yeah, so Shotzi gets the win uh, after yeah, a big senton. Yeah, so this is, this is really good here for Shotzi. Uh, and then finally, we get to our main event. Ember Moon and Rhea Ripley up against Dakota Kai and Raquel Gonzalez. Again, Ember Moon's first match on TV in 14 months. And just as she should, she hits the Eclipse, which might be my fam- my favorite finisher god, in the ring. Is- oh, my God. You couldn't pay me to even attempt to try that. Sam. <laughs> I, would mess- I would mess that up so bad. So what if- bad. What if Cornette was watching? <laughs> um, yeah. As soon as I got to the second rope, he'd hit me with a racket. Um, uh, God but, damn! Like, get your big ass down from there. That's not Cornette. That's Bruce nobody's Bruce doing Cornette. <laughs> What's that? That is Bruce. Oh Prince yeah, right. doing, that is Bruce Prince doing Cornette. Yeah, he's right. Um, was gonna say though. Um, 
their finisher is an amazingly impressive finisher, though, for what it's worth. I, I just it's impressive. I could never do it. I just think all these girls are phenomenal in their own right. Uh, I think it's proof to me what's I think so cool and fun because right now the women wrestling is finally getting the credit it deserves. Yeah, it's a little bit more, but everything in wrestling has been outdone. Everything has been overdone. You know, it's so hard to come up with something new and unique for men wrestling. You know, women wrestling has, it's, I mean, it's been around just as long ago, don't get me wrong, but there's been less feature. You know, there hasn't been as, as many opportunities for as many people to shine. So it's nice yep. to see the creativity and just each, each one of them be able to, you know, form their own path in a brand new and unique way. Yeah, for sure. Again, NXT, if you want want some really good women's wrestling, uh, that is the place to go. All right, so that is going to wrap up. That's NXT tonight. Uh, and again, we throughout this conversation for this last hour and seven minutes, you know, we mentioned uh, Rich Holland. We mentioned uh, WrestleMania and the situation there. All those things you can uh, find uh, in depth on Wrestling Inc. If you want to go into them, we got one more super chat, and then we're going to call it a night. Uh, this is the third super chat from the same guy. Again, thank you very much. Um, Jamin John, hey Matt, any funny experience with your 2003 backstage segment with Lesnar, Big Show, Nathan Jones, A Train, where Brock just yells at you guys? Yeah. Yes. Nathan Jones looking like Tiny Lister with his eyes crossed when Brock comes to him and starts talking smack that we're the reason he lost Survivor Series. It's our fault. And so for that night, Brock like makes us all have these singles matches to prove ourselves to him. And when he gets to Nathan, Brock just starts dying laughing. We had to cut it again because, like, Nathan would get so intense. Like, you couldn't tell if he was serious or joking. And he was never joking. He's just super intense. And this is a man who spent 10 years in solitary confinement and is a legit badass. That'd be, a nice, um, that'd be a fun shoot fight, Brock against him. I'd watch that. It really would because, dude, Nathan, this is the, you guys remember when he was in the World's Strongest Man contest and Magnus Samuelson broke his arm and Nathan, it, dude, Nathan like completely was like, his arm was broken, literally. He's just one of the toughest human beings I've ever seen. Great person to ride in a car with to tell me stories of the crazy crap he, he's done in Australia crazy it's and terrifying <laughs> so, so scared of nathan jones <laughs> and actually i lied one one last super chat ten dollars from dustin Eck. he goes uh this goes into our whole third party edict thing with vince so i'm watching aj's aj styles twitch stream on the side and you can definitely tell there's now wwe boys in his chat because they are all asking wwe like questions like hey mark will do no outside wwe questions so i guess uh yeah that's that's been a big story that we've um Wrestling Inc. has been the first breaking of several exclusives, which is yes. Vince putting out the memo of uh, they are going to take control of some of the third-party so, str- revenues. Yeah, I disagree. You, I, I'm use Twitch? No, I don't use Twitch, but I think I, I think it's I this almost needs to be done because I think too many people now are using WWE as a stepping stone. And I, I feel like it's kind of disrespectful to some of us that have worked our asses huh. off to get there and to work for it. And to now know that people say, oh, yeah, well, I'll just go sign at WWE for two or three years until I can get into Hollywood or go into MTV or whatever. You know, in, in my personal opinion, I love pro wrestling. I stand up for it. I want that, you know, and I can't have it. You know, how can some people just come in and use it and, and abuse it and basically right. take for granted all the effort and money they put into making you a star? So you're not entitled to anything. They pay you quite handsomely 
for you know for you to be a star. So I don't think any of those people have any legs to stand on as far as complaining about Twitch. And then AJ is an interesting case too because uh, AJ style, you know, he's a guy who's going by the same name that he uses on television that got him rich, but he owns that name, which not everybody in WWE can say they own their name. So uh, he's a very polarizing situation given the fact that um, that's where it is. But uh, but a pretty cool super chat there. Thanks for filling us in. I think AJ. I, I don't know. I'm not you know not super tight with him. I, I, but I assume you know AJ is not the kind of guy that would do that. You know, to use it as a stepping stone. Clearly, it took hell. Him, no. You know, it took him 15 years to get what he's got. But I just mean overall in general. You know, I, I like the con. It's not that I like the concept. I just think it's completely reasonable and completely fair on WWE's point. Yeah. So well, let me ask you a question. That, that's a lot of ownership, though. A lot of ownership over an independent contractor, though, right? Of course. Um, so. I don't know. With this whole can of one conversation, I'll take like 20 hours. So I'll shut up. Guaranteed money, man. Guaranteed money. <laughs> yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. At the end of the day, most of us actually love this, you know, and then you're getting paid to do your dream job and, and there is opportunity comes out of it. You know, these people, I, I just, I don't think anyone's yeah. entitled to anything. You know, you put, put into something what you get out of it. And, uh, you know, I love wrestling. I think WWE's, you know, they're, they create stars that give you opportunity and, and you know, if they, if you don't want to, if you do it on your own with your Twitch, don't work there, and you'll realize how much harder it is to do. Yeah, and the, the one, the one category of this that I will defend WWE, not so much with the Twitch, but like with the wrestlers no, who are doing the cameo, and then hurting their characters by coming out of their characters too too much. Well, you know there's I mean that. that, there's that, Matt, but also the talent, the WWE t- talents that are. Going on cameo, where so where people can pay for have, basically have these guys and girls basically cut a promo, and they basically want the character that WWE owns to cut a promo. If you, so if you if you want uh, if, if you yes. if, if, if you pay Roman Reigns to do a cameo, and even if it's under his real name Joe Anawahi, if you pay him to do a cameo to say to give the shout out, whatever you you want Roman that, Reigns. Yeah. Yeah, you yes. won't believe that you want the guy, you, which is what WWE owns and has fostered. So yes. on that regard, that would be like that would be like asking no, said yeah, actor. Sense. Yeah, it, and, and a movie studio owns that actor's character. You know, so I, I that part I see WWE's yes, defense definitely. Sure. I do, so. I do too. For that, I definitely do. So it's a, it's certainly a story again. Stick with wrestling; Inc. it's going to evolve. This is not the end of it. I I am sure of it. Um, Sorry. All right. Uh, Sam Adonis, put yourself over. Uh, yeah, just get me on Twitter, Instagram, Real Sam Adonis. This Saturday, I'm in Charleston, West Virginia. Two weeks from Saturday, I'm in Camden, New Jersey. November 14th, Lubbock, Texas. Uh, I think I have something in Las Vegas coming up in November, too, but I don't know the date. Uh, check it out. Hit me up. Whatever you guys want. Thank you for having me. Sam, go walk the new dog. Uh, Matt, put yourself over. Uh, I'm good. <laughs> <laughs> good. You don't want to. You don't want to plug your Twitch stream. <laughs> I don't have any of that stuff. I got Twitter and Instagram. That's it. That's all I got. There you go. Matt's got a MySpace. I've been trying to get into his top eight friends. <laughs> all right, I'll be back uh, tomorrow afternoon with Nick Hausman doing the Wrestling Inc. Daily. We talk about all the headlines. Friday morning, I'm on Busted Open with Dave Lagreca and Mark Henry. It's been fun. Thanks for tuning in. Appreciate the super chats. Thanks for the comments. Uh, this podcast will be back Friday night after SmackDown. We are out. Bye bye, everybody. Goodbye. <laughs>